0: Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journeywomen. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Beales. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women podcast, I had the true joy of chatting with Abigail Dodds, somebody that I've admired from afar as I've read her articles for Desiring God and followed along with her life via Instagram. Abigail's married to Tom, and she's the mom of five kiddos, ranging from age 14 to four. She's a part-time writer, part-time Bible study teacher, part-time homeschool teacher, part-time baker, gardener, and knitter. But she would tell you that she's a full-time Christian, a full-time wife and mom, full-time member of her church, and a full-time friend and sister in Christ. Today, Abigail and I chatted about rest, something that we as believers have already been given, but often fail to actually rest in. Here's one of my favorite quotes.
1: Knowing Jesus means we get to know the Father, and in knowing Jesus, we know rest. That's what it is. So being yoked with Jesus for our labor means that our work is changed to rest.
0: Hearing Abigail, a busy mom of five kiddos, communicate the true rest that we have in the gospel encouraged me deeply, especially in this busy season with little people. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast, Abigail. This is such an honor to get to talk to you.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be on and get to do this.
0: It's just been so fun to get to know you over the internet, which is such just a luxury, I guess of our day and age, and mm-hmm. I always read your posts and I'm like, man, I just appreciate your perspective because the reason why I'm having you on the show today is to discuss the topic of rest. And I kind of don't want to disclose this because I really want to be your friend, and I'm scared if I do that you might not like me, but I'm not a very restful person, Abigail
1: <laughs> that's hilarious well yes. that's I think you're a little type A.
0: I am very type A, very you know type one Enneagram to me, cool people are chill, and I'm like the opposite of that.
1: well, I think i I do probably come a little more by the type B, whatever that is, yes. Um, come a little more easily with the relaxing and maybe it's a a different problem. Let's just say that. It's a different (laughs) problem to have.
0: We will have both perspectives represented on the podcast today, which is going to be all inclusive for the listeners. It's perfect. Yes, it
1: will be helpful.
0: (laughs) I also thought like every time I look at your posts, I just feel like they ooze with grace. And Mm -hmm. that's another thing that I just admittedly, I would be a more justice-oriented type personality, so I'm just so I'm so excited to get to learn from you on this topic, and I'd love for the listeners just to get to hear a little bit more about who you are, because you have a very full, rich life.
1: Mm, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> it is full. We have five kiddos, my husband and I, Tom, and it is funny to think about, you know, what do you do? That question. Because most (laughs) days I don't really know exactly what I do. I think I, I fly by the seat of my pants and I kind of do what's in front of me. And it just varies so widely from day to day. But one thing that is always consistent is that I'm always caring for people Mm -hmm. in our immediate family and in God's family. And I'm always getting people food,
0: and Mm. sometimes
1: it's physical food, and sometimes it's spiritual food, and I'm always cleaning up and putting things in order, which that also happens both in our house and in our hearts.
0: Yes. That's
1: kind of my life. I'm in Minnesota. I'm a member at Bethlehem Baptist Church, and we've been here for almost 17 years. Oh, wow. So many wonderful
0: people up that way. I Mm. didn't even realize the connections there, so that's really cool to know.
1: Yeah, yeah. My husband's an elder here. Uh, we go to the North Campus, and I write and teach Bible studies for our women, and then of course just the online stuff of writing and
0: yes, that kind you do of some stuff. Some writing. So. I think I initially mm-hmm. connected with you through your writing and work for is it the Gospel Coalition or Desiring God or both? Probably
1: Desiring God. Yep. Desiring mm-hmm. God. Yep. Very mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: we're so happy to have you discuss the topic of rest today, and one of the reasons I was really drawn to having you in particular on the show is because given the circumstances of having five children and also one <laughs> child with special needs, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. The circumstances might not be so restful in the traditional sense of the word.
1: <laughs> yes, you're You're nailing it. Yeah. And part of our son's special needs is that he's got neurological sleep disruption. So wow. part of his brain is small that regulates sleep. And so He's four and a half. He's our youngest. So he's the youngest of our five.
0: Okay. And
1: his whole life has just been a lot of bad sleep. I mean, it's just, we can laugh, we can laugh about it, but it just means that a whole lot of my life, our oldest is 14. So that's a lot of years of having a baby in the house (laughs) or a not sleeping well child. And then having um, our youngest Titus at the end has just meant a lot of years of not great sleep. And so I do think it's very funny that I'm being asked to do an interview on rest. My (laughs) husband laughed when I told him, I was like, you're not going to believe what I just got asked to do an interview on. And it's not so much because I don't rest. It's just because the circumstances of our life have made, especially sleep, not great, not conducive to sleeping. Great. But I think that's what the Lord does though. He takes those things in our life that feel impossible And they're really hard. And then he takes that as the thing he wants us to really point to him in. Mm. And so it makes sense in that way. But yes, I've had a tumultuous relationship with rest the last few years.
0: Okay. So (laughs) when we think of rest, obviously, I mean, especially the mamas, we're all saying like, amen, yes, we automatically Mm -hmm. think about sleep and how much we long for it and need it and aren't getting it. (laughs) Right. But I'd love to hear, do you have just a definition of what is true Mm. rest?
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is such a great question, because I don't think we often slow down to think about that. We just assume that rest is something that makes us feel a certain way. And so we think of it as mm-hmm. rest means feeling relaxed.
0: Yes. And
1: that's not necessarily a bad way to define it. It's mm-hmm. just not It's not a full right, biblical holistic. way of defining it. Yes. And so... I would just want to start first with Jesus and then go back to the Old Testament to get a grasp of what it is. Ooh,
0: my favorite.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we should probably let Jesus kind of fly a banner for us so that we can see the Old Testament through Christian eyes. And so Jesus says this in Matthew 11. He says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son Hmm. and anyone whom the son chooses to reveal him. Come to me all who labor and are Mm. heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls Mm. for my yoke is easy and my burdens light. So. Give me so much in there about rest, right? Doesn't <laughs> yes. that just sound like yes, that's what I want. That's what yeah. I want. What is that? Um but a couple takeaways The first, I didn't start at the come to me.
0: That is what I was going to say. I feel like most of the time we hear that verse in isolation, like come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But like, read that in the context. I mean, I've read it in the context, but think about it in the context.
1: Right. Because what we find when we do that, and if you go back even more, it's even more rich, but Hmm. we don't have all day. So that knowing Jesus means we get to know the Father. Yes. and. In knowing Jesus, Mm. we know rest.
0: Okay, yes.
1: That's what it is. So being yoked with Jesus for our labor means that our work is changed to rest.
0: Mm. So
1: it's a really beautiful picture, but I don't think any of it will have the impact that it ought to have if we don't go back to Genesis, if we don't go back to all the books of the law where we see God working for six days to create the world and everything in it. And then on the seventh day, it says he rested mm-hmm. from all his work that he had done. And so actively working to create, and then on the seventh day, ceasing from that work. Right. So I think that's a good definition. It's, it's mm. a hard one, but rest is when we stop doing the work. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's even more interesting, I find this fascinating, is that God's rest is the culmination of the seven days. It's the pinnacle. Yes. It's the yeah. the end, the telos. It's what he was aiming for in one sense. And so we know that because God calls that day of rest holy. So he doesn't call the other days holy. He only associates holiness with that day of rest. Hmm. And it's because it's set apart. It's different. That's what right. holiness is, to be set apart. And oh, so, wow, yeah in understanding rest, we're actually understanding holiness and how it's different than work.
0: Yes. You know, I think so often we hear people talk about how, well, God rested, and like, Mm -hmm. who are we to think that we don't need to rest? But is rest actually something that we are called to as believers, Abigail?
1: I would say absolutely. It's something God takes so very seriously. And I think. For us, that may make us twitch a little bit, because now we think, oh, great, I've got to work hard at resting. Yes. It doesn't sound restful. <laughs> and so knowing that God takes it seriously doesn't feel always comforting. Right. It just feels like, oh, here's another thing to add to sure. my to-do list. Let's rest. Sure. But on the other hand, I don't think I'd do any of us any good to act like God doesn't take it seriously, because yeah. he really does. Yeah so seriously that he wrote it into his law. Right? Anyone who didn't rest on the Sabbath day, anyone who worked on that day, the punishment was severe. I mean, they were to be put out of the community or they were to be put to death. Mm. Those are very serious right punishments for not resting. Yeah. And the punishment for sin is serious. It is death. But none of that sits very well with our kind of postmodern sensibilities about our autonomy and all of those things. So I think one reason we don't like it is that we have a big problem with authority. Mm -hmm. We don't trust authority. We really just want to trust ourselves. And we don't trust that God knows what he's doing and that he's good. Mm -hmm. And so when God says, you need to rest, rather than be relieved by that, we're really suspicious of it. You know, we think, well, I'll just figure that part out on my own. My feelings are more important than your words, and what you say is good.
0: Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing, they're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. I think sometimes we just don't really believe that he sees us and he knows us and he's going to care for our needs because especially in this culture where it's so like, oh, hustle, like boss babe, let's get it going. You know, like there's so many different things or even as moms, there's so many things to take care of. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to press into the trust that he is going to take care of us. Like we feel like we have to take care of ourselves. So when we are striving, struggling, when we have so much to do, when we're working. So hard, what is it that we actually are called to rest in, and what can actually enable us to rest?
1: Right, right. And the short answer to that is, of course, Jesus. I mean, Sunday school has really done right by us. We're getting the answers right. We find rest in Jesus, but we can't just say that if we don't know what it means. It sounds great, but how do we really rest in Jesus? Yes. And we don't even understand exactly yeah. why it's for our good. So if resting means not working, then we've got to understand how Jesus connects to that. Like, is right. Jesus going to come to my house and do my chores for me on the Sabbath?
0: <laughs> Can he make dinner? <laughs>
1: right, exactly. Yeah. Is Jesus going to do my work for me? And, you know, surprisingly, brace yourself for it here. The answer is actually yes. Hmm. Not yes, he is going to come, but yes, he did he mm. did come and do our work for us. Mm. So in the Old Testament, the rhythm was work, 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 rest. Mm. Six works and a rest. We work and then we rest. That's the pattern. We work so that we can rest. Right. We end our week with rest. Yes. But with Jesus, if you think about the night of his crucifixion, a Friday, he lay dead in the tomb. On the Sabbath, that's the end of the week, the day of rest, and Matthew twenty-eight one says that after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary went to the tomb. And so, what was Jesus doing on the Sabbath? He was dead. Yeah. And what was God doing? God was working working for our salvation. Mm. He was working on our behalf on that most holy of days so that when Jesus on the dawn of the day after the Sabbath rose again to life, our rest, our salvation was secured. So before Jesus came, we worked for rest. But now that he died and rose again for our sins, we work from rest. Yes. We still work. You know, Paul says, I worked harder than them all, but not I, Christ in me.
0: Yes. We're
1: working from a place of eternal rest. It's already come. And so that's why I think this is so interesting. I learned this from uh, Joe Rigney that the Sabbath used to be on a Saturday, and it's changed now in the Christian world to a Sunday. Right. Why is that? Yeah. It's because Jesus rose on a Sunday. We used to work and rest at the end. Now, We start our week with rest.
0: Hmm. We
1: start our week with rest and everything we do.
0: Stems from that. Everything
1: we do flows out of our rest. Yes. It's everything that comes out of rest. So I just love that. I didn't know that till recently.
0: That is so cool. I've actually always wondered that. So thank you for teaching us that. And I just think it's such a cool way to start our week because a lot of times we start our week instead of from a place of rest, we're from a place Mm -hmm. of frazzledness, you know, at least that's how I feel. I'm like, oh no, Monday's coming. Mm -hmm. How do we actually rest in the gospel so that we can Mm be moving and flowing out of that, like you mentioned?
1: Right. Well, resting in the gospel... Is a miracle. It's actually something we cannot do on our own. We rest in the gospel when we're born again. Yes. Having said that, once we're born again, Mm -hmm. I think we rest in the gospel by living like it's really true. Yes. So it's really that simple. We rest in the gospel by trusting Jesus and living like his words are really true. Yeah. Like he really, really lived. He really was a person, a man who died. He really had a body that was made alive after it laid dead in a tomb. Right. Like if we can live like those things are really true. Yes. And like we know that he's sitting right now as we're having this conversation, he's sitting at God's right hand. If we can yes. live like these things are true, and they are, then we speak, can begin to rest in the gospel by really knowing him. And once we know him, we learn that resting in the gospel means we stop trying to earn our mm-hmm. rest.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
1: we've got to stop trying to earn our adoption. We don't get to earn our birth mm-hmm. into God's mm-hmm. family. Like births. Happens and it's not because you know our babies asked for it, (laughs) you know, it happens because there was love. We were born of God's love, not because we asked for it or earned it, but because He set Himself in love on us. That's what He tells us in Deuteronomy. So, I think part of resting is being thankful for that instead Mm -hmm. of trying to earn being born, which we can't do. We are thankful that we are born into Christ, we are thankful that. He sacrificed for us, and we stop trying to be our own midwife. We stop trying to contribute to the work he's done. We just stop trying to get the glory for ourselves that we've been born and we give it to him. Mm -hmm. But we'll never rest until we stop trying to glorify ourselves and start glorifying him.
0: Yeah. So when you acknowledge, because I have these moments all throughout my day, Abigail, where Mm -hmm. I just am seeing myself working for it. You know, that's when the real feelings of like, "Mm, just fatigue and true exhaustion beset themselves Mm -hmm. on me. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, what would you encourage of us? What does it look like for you on a practical level?
1: Yes. Well, I'm going to say something and I hope it doesn't sound harsh or unhelpful, but when we find ourselves working for our rest, I really think there's only one solution and it's to repent. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Because the biggest obstacle to our rest is our sin. Mm -hmm. And so if we're working to try and earn our rest, that's sin. We don't contribute to what God has done. And rest and sin, Mm. they cannot exist together. They Mm. don't coexist. So we've got to turn from our sin in order to rest. But turning to sin for rest is like trying to take a nap on a treadmill. Like you're going to end up. With some major road rash. If
0: oh, girl. Do and that. can we just all admit that that is our practice? You know, instead of mm-hmm. looking away from ourselves and looking to Jesus, I often find myself looking away from myself and looking to somebody else's life on Instagram. Or yes. looking away from myself and just looking to some kind of distraction. And I think I, I do want to talk about like the place for mindless activity or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, like Netflix. Mm-hmm and where there is place for that. But you're so right that we can never find that true soulful rest in anything apart from Christ. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should go there. What are Mm -hmm. some distinctions between really looking to Jesus in our time of need for rest and just wasting time?
1: Right. If resting means actually trusting Christ and not doing stuff, Mm-hmm. then vacations or days off where you're doing things that are not part of your normal rhythm of work, work, work. Those are the kinds of things that will be restful. But sometimes I think we turn to things like we were talking about like Netflix or the constant scrolling on social media or, you know, like that kind of almost like an addiction. Now, those things in and of themselves aren't necessarily unrestful. They could be a way to engage in rest. I mean, I think one thing to think about is something like instituting a family pizza night or movie night. Right. You know, watching something doesn't necessarily mean, oh, this isn't rest because I'm watching a movie. It could be very restful. But Clearly if it's a movie that's engaging in horrible sinfulness, if it's really questionable, that's not gonna be restful. Like putting your mind on the Yeah. Right. And I know that there's a, a lot of people who want to kind of hammer the freedom that we have Mm -hmm. to do those sorts of things. And I don't think we are ever free to sin. And Mm. so you've just got to draw that line for yourself. And there may be people who draw it in slightly different places and that's a matter of conscience, but you've got to have a hard line somewhere and, um, and be willing to say, I will not go past this because this dishonors the Lord. So those kinds of things, but yeah, we're we're not going to come down exactly the same in terms of how much, social media or or exactly what movies, but we all have to work that out in some way for ourselves.
0: Can you kind of expound upon this, these practices that, you know, I don't know, I I think about that Tozer Mm -hmm. quote where it's like, don't separate the sacred from the secular or whatever. How can we be engaging in the secular and still be experiencing rest? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of making you just hit it a million times from a million different angles. But I feel yes, like we just get yes. so fixated on we're either this or that. But you are mothering five kids. You have a child with mm-hmm. special needs. You are, you know, doing a lot of different things that may not be considered restful by many people. Right. And so how does your soul just rest in Christ and in the gospel as you're engaging in your day-to-day tasks?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think one of the biggest things we can do— To help help ourselves stop taking our life so seriously is to just start laughing at things. I mean, this is just a true thing that we need to do in our life in order to be sane people, which is we need to find God satisfying and we need to look Mm. around at the world he's put us in and be pleased with it. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful world. Yes, it's broken. It is. And there are big, hard things there are. But it's also glorious. Yes. It's also something he's spoken to existence and it's here for our enjoyment. Yes. Our children are, they're tough, right? But they are amazing. Totally. And they're so funny and they're crazy. And can we laugh about that sometimes? Or are we taking ourselves so seriously <laughs> that we can't even yes. enjoy, you know, the day God's given us? We're just so bogged down. Yes, by how serious it all has to be all the time. Mm-hmm. And and so I think we've got to get to a place where we can smile. Mm-hmm. Where we can enjoy mm-hmm. what he's given us that's actually enjoyable. And those are just real basic life skills that I think, you know, we have to learn. Now that is hard to do when you are sleep deprived. There is nothing <laughs> like sleep deprivation to bring out yeah, the melodrama. Yeah. It yes. just makes us very I don't think it's really our fault. It really does mess with us. Yeah. And we've got to know that and do what we can to make amends and to try and get a nap, sleep in. Totally. Let go of the schedule that we decided we were going to live by and say, I'm mm-hmm. going to let that go and I'm going to yes. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to do what I need to do to get the sleep I need so that I can smile today.
0: You know, I'm thinking about This post that you did a long time ago, and it just was a bag of Burger King or McDonald's or something. Right. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Abigail, when I think about not taking myself too seriously, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a type 1 enneagram perfectionist, da da da, and I set up these little rules for myself, and sometimes it's hard for me to even think about deviating from them. And yes. just seeing the freedom of that post. And, and can you explain it a little bit? Just tell the story about. Right,
1: right. Well, we went to McDonald's um Usually on a Wednesday, we grab Subway in between piano and church because we have this really uh-huh. short window. The four kids have piano lessons, then we have to hurry to church. So we usually grab Subway, but the kids really wanted McDonald's. And, you know, I was like, all right, fine, we'll do McDonald's. And, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where the kids are are literally praying, giving thanks for this delicious food. And it's so <laughs> sincere. Like, it's just coming from the heart and how quick we are yes. to, in some ways, take that really beautiful thing and just kill it with our seriousness and nice. our rules, you know, um, instead of just the rule saying, of wow. I will never
0: eat at McDonald's again. I right. definitely have that one.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's it, it's funny and it's fun. It's fun to get to it enjoy is. things and not have to worry quite so much about all the little little things that we've set up for ourselves. The right little laws. mm mm-hmm.
0: yep. You know, I was thinking also about the post that you did about Titus's sleep and mm-hmm. how he wasn't sleeping for more than, what, 30 minutes to an hour oh. for his first year of life.
1: Yeah, that was rough.
0: That is so intense. And in that post, you were talking about how nowhere in Scripture does it say that we are to abstain from rest. We're to abstain right. from other Things like we can abstain Mm -hmm. from sex, we can abstain from, you know, right food in fasting, but yes, we are not called to abstain from rest. Yeah, I just think about my stupid college self who used to say I can sleep when I'm dead, and I just (laughs) 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 oh, I I pity myself in my ignorance. But what is a place of sleep in rest? Mm
1: Hmm. Well. It, we have to have it it's essential it's necessary our bodies are require it and in one sense it's a very humble thing to yes. sleep we're counting on god to keep our our bodies alive we're we're trusting that no ill is going to happen to us while we rest and we're just laying ourselves down yes. <laughs> in his care and and every human it, it, when you think about this it's kind of baffling that think about like the worst dictator and evil person in the whole universe. They had to lay their body down to sleep every night. Yeah. Like they seem kind of untouchable. Right. But they aren't. They're babies. They're just like babies in their sleep, sleeping. All humanity, that's what we're like. Yes. We are so dependent. And so we have to do it. And it's it's a gift and it's a good thing. And yet there are times and seasons when God says you're not gonna have quite as much of that as would seem Mm -hmm. to be ideal. And so then we have to walk through that. Like, why is God denying me this thing that he says we should have? But I do think that's when it is in some ways incumbent upon us to figure out our life in a way that's different than what we had conceived of. And so if you aren't able to get sleep in the night, you may need to find help. You may, like my husband and I, we've we work out sleep-in times when things are bad, so we let each other sleep in. Or mm. it can be frustrating because you want to keep a schedule. You know, you want to keep life right. feeling orderly, and doing that really makes you feel out of control. Totally. And so that's tough. I really dislike that part of it. And yet, that's part of the submission yes. of saying, I don't get to decide what my life looks like. I yes. don't get to decide all these things but God has good for me, and so I'm just going to have to keep walking and yes. see see how it goes.
0: Right, to walk in such dependence and humility. And that is, especially everyone who's listening that's type A, type 1 Enneagram, I guarantee is like that, mm. is, that is the hardest thing. That's been one of the b- biggest challenges for me in motherhood is opening up my hands and saying, I am not in control. Okay. Lord, I surrender literally all. <laughs> like, yep. And it's such a wonderful, beautiful practice when we just press into that and rest in knowing that he has declared the end from the beginning. Like yes. he is in control of all things. He calls a bird to pray from the East and it flies to the West. Like mm-hmm. he knows this baby isn't going to sleep right now. And what is it about this? Like, Oh, can you expound upon that post that I'm talking about with Titus where you were saying that as he would wake in the middle of the night, you Mm -hmm. discovered that praying with him would kind of help calm him and go back to sleep. And then through that process, I just loved how you talked about that you have these opportunities to pray with your child and really like practice the discipline of like resting in God's Mm. sovereign care and kindness in that that moment where you're really wanting to just lay your head on your pillow.
1: Anyone who's had to be awake through the night against their will <laughs> knows the yes. true, true sense of desperation and rawness that can come. It's it is it is a desperate feeling.
0: And you go crazy, man. I, I start doing yes. things I ain't never seen myself do before.
1: Right. And you really get a sense of your humanity. Totally. I'm just, oh, my goodness. I, I really don't have it together the way I thought I did. Like no. This is. A new side of myself. (laughs) And so, you know, Titus is up a lot in the night. And one of the things that we do is whenever he would wake up, we'd pray for him and, you know, kind of became the same prayer over and over. and, And so Titus got used to this. And so a lot of times he would wake up and he and he still does this. He did this last night multiple times. Mom, pray, mom, pray, mom, pray. And so I'll reach over and He sleeps in our room still and Mm -hmm. grab his hand and I'll say, okay, Titus, let's pray. And so we pray and then he would calm down and be kind of a good thing that would calm him down. On the other hand, in my heart, something that was happening was that I was starting to get bitter about this. Mm -hmm. Um, I was starting to resent these prayers every time I would pray and ask God to please help Titus to sleep for the rest of the night and please help it so that all of us wouldn't wake up until the morning. And it was never answered yes. It was just, Mm -hmm. it just felt like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was starting to mock me. And I just, I was starting to feel upset about this in my heart and just, well, just the tension of it, Yeah, of pouring my heart out to God and having him say no in that moment. And then it dawned on me that for a long time, we didn't know what Titus's abilities would be. We didn't know if he would talk or walk. And we had prayed and prayed that he would be able Mm. to do those things and that, you know, he would develop well. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that my son was asking me to pray and that this in and of itself was an answer to prayer. And I Mm. was not seeing the bigger picture of what was going on. I was seeing a very small bit of my discomfort as the big picture and not seeing the beauty of The story God was writing. Yes. It's a beautiful story. And yes, it's hard on me right now, but I am not going to begrudge that in this mighty epic tale that he's telling. Um, And so it was helpful for God to give that realization to me, to get to see myself in the story as kind of this person who was not very grateful, not very trusting. And yet God was still pouring out kindness in ways I hadn't seen. And to be Mm -hmm. able to see that and then get to sort of adjust my character in the story with God's help and choose to, uh, to see it a different way and to give thanks and to continue praying. And I still pray every single night that God would help us (laughs) to sleep. And I think that's right. You know, um, I'm not, I'm not taking his no as a final No
0: well i think everyone has some story that they can relate to that regardless of whether or not they have children just mm-hmm. in which you feel like you're continually experiencing exhaustion like in mm-hmm. in the um in the sense that you're not able to just being to, worn
1: down yeah mm-hmm.
0: you're worn down and yet to look to jesus and to ask him to give you wisdom to see yourself and to see that whatever that circumstance is um, even uh-huh. if it's played out day after day, in light of what he is doing and working in eternity, and it's just that I think that exactly what you did is rest. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. What is resting in the gospel in this way actually enable us to do and to move into, like you were saying, from from Sunday into Monday.
1: Mhm mhm. Yes, I was thinking about this question for a while. I'd actually I'll I'll give you my answer and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. I think my answer may sound a little odd, but I would say that resting in the gospel enables us to actually rest. So mm. <laughs> that's so obvious and sounds so silly, but rest is actually the point. Mm. So I don't want us to get this utilitarian mindset. Like Mm -hmm. if we rest in the gospel well enough, then we'll be Mm -hmm. so much more productive later on. Yeah. You know, so be sure and rest really well so that you can work better Mm
0: -hmm. or work harder. Mm
1: -hmm. There is truth there. So we don't want to throw that out. That's true. And that's good. And that's part of how God's designed it. But we're so quick to go there. Yes. That, it kind of misses the point that rest really is an end in itself
0: yeah. too. Yeah. yeah.
1: It isn't just a means yes. to an end. Yes. We rest because we're meant to rest. Yes. Like, again, think about this. Jesus right now is sitting down. <laughs> mm. I mean, that's incredible. He's sitting. He is sitting right now at God's right hand. He sat down because his work is finished. And so, mm. When we think about ourselves, we are right now, Colossians says that we are right now hidden in Christ Mm -hmm. who's seated at God's right hand. Hmm. So we're sitting there with Him. We are resting. That's just mind-boggling to me. It's almost unbelievable that we can be talking and having this conversation, but really where you and I are, Hunter, is we are sitting in Christ, resting. Yes. Yes. And so... Mm. I don't want to jump. It is true that our rest enables us; our work can flow from it. Then, and yeah. it really does enable yeah. us to work. But on the other hand, oh, rest is a thing in of itself too. So it's a good thing.
0: It is. It's such a wonderful picture of just sitting, kind of in a heartfelt sense, just in the beauty of what Christ has accomplished on my behalf, and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to add anything to that, Abigail, because mm. this is one of my great struggles in life. I think it's part of my wiring, my personality mm-hmm, type. And mm-hmm. I also think it's just part of the fall. <laughs> so, yes. how do we rest? In this kind of already knowing that we're looking mm-hmm. forward, you know, to the ultimate rest and the hope that we have for Christ's return.
1: Like, what are some practical ways we yeah. can do this? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I've been pretty um in the clouds, so we should bring it down. <laughs> but well, I- I'm going to say something very practical and <laughs> maybe kind of funny. But I think one really practical thing we can do, aside from scheduling rhythms into our life, yeah, that are They have to look different than work. So if every day we're sitting Mm. at a desk working, rest would mean maybe getting outside and walking, like not necessarily sitting. So if the rhythm is the same thing every day for six days, we want to do something different on our day of rest, like recreational. So that might be getting out in a canoe or a a million different things, but something different than editing the podcast for you. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it, it just needs to be. And for me, it would be something different than writing or. Right. Um, yes. I mean, we still have to care for our kids. So there's that. And that's hard for moms, I yes. think. but Because those needs don't go away. Another real practical thing that I, I've become a big advocate for is vacationing. Yes. I think that vacations are really helpful to reset our and even give us in yeah. how to rest.
0: Right. Despite the fact that you as a mom of five, like, <laughs> are <laughs> right, packing are everyone's make- clothes, planning yes. all the things, figuring out where people are going to eat or how they're going to eat. Yes. Cutting food during all the meals, <laughs> even on the vacation, etc., Unless yes. you're going to Pine Cove, which that's a pub for them. Then they do it
1: for you, right? No <laughs> you kidding. I know. Actually, yes. <laughs> camp is awesome. But I do think this is why vacations are so hard for us when we have kids because... Mm-hmm. Our idea of rest is that it means doing whatever I want to do. And so Mm -hmm. if that's what rest is, then clearly kids are a big problem. right? Um, So, but if we can think of rest as enjoying a time of set apartness, Mm. like set apart something, doing something differently than the regularly scheduled work, then vacations are perfect for this. So yes, for a mom, a vacation can seem like more work than real life. Yeah. But it's really the differentness or right. the set-apartness that makes right. it valuable. And so I actually, I have been horrible at vacationing, really bad. Um, when we first got married, I think I ruined a couple a couple vacations. <laughs> I, yes, I just, yes. oh, I struggle. I struggled. I struggled. Mm-hmm. It, it was the change and the changing of gears, leaving home behind, the extra work, the packing. I just struggled to enjoy it. And so I've really had to redefine, well, really reset my expectations for one, but also just understand what rest is. Yes. So kind of as a joke, I have come up with six stages of vacationing because (laughs) it is this weird thing that is almost universal, I think, for moms. I've talked to other people about this, but there's this stage one, and that is the euphoric (laughs) anticipation of vacation six months before it comes. Yes. So this is when you're like planning it. And it sounds awesome. And Mm -hmm. everyone's, you're talking it up and you're like, this is going to be so great. And you're looking around at your regular life and it looks pretty bleak. And you're thinking, yes, we need a vacation. Uh Uh-huh.
0: You're thinking if I could just make it to (laughs) December. (laughs) Yeah. Or whenever it is. Stage
1: two is kind of like that desperate longing where you're just about a couple weeks away. And you're like, if I can just (laughs) hang on, we'll get there. (laughs) And then stage three is that pit of despair. The dread (laughs) of like the the two days before and the day before and you're packing and you are literally cursing the you (laughs) who planned this vacation like the self-hate is raging and you're just thinking how did I agree to this this is awful why are we doing this and then next is the stupor of relief of like you're exhausted and maybe you're in the car and you stayed up half the night.
0: Yeah, yeah, packing that car. Packing,
1: <laughs> but you're all in and so you're just yes. relieved that that part's over.
0: Until you have to drive back and get something you forgot <laughs> right. and then you have to start that step over again.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's so true. <laughs> but then the, the interesting thing is stage, what I call stage five, the actual vacation, that's kind of a blank stage because this is the one where we're either going to decide to enjoy it we're either going to make great memories for our kids and for ourselves, or we're going to focus on what this is costing us.
0: Or what we're not getting in regard to the expectations piece where it's fallen short.
1: Right. And so this is really the piece where we've really got to go to the Lord and ask him to help us enjoy these enjoyable things. And Mm -hmm. then when things aren't enjoyable to, you know, fix what we can and, and be gracious and, and keep going. But I have come to really love vacations now which I never thought I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think in some ways they can be disrupting, which that word has a negative connotation. But I've mm-hmm. also been thinking about how the gospel is very disruptive in our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing. It's shaking us out of what we've been walking in and calling us to walk differently. And I think that's a really great point that prioritizing a vacation can, in a sense, do the same thing. And it does like impact the rest of the year or month or week or whatever it is.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And it's just such a sweet time to really get to know your family in a, in a different way. You take everybody out of our normal environment and you put us somewhere else and you start yes. to see things you didn't see before. And you start to see, and sometimes you start to see holes in your parenting. <laughs> yeah. um, and then <laughs> yeah. other times you start to see really sweet things, but all of it is helpful for us as parents. Cause we want to know, we really, really want to know mm-hmm. our children well. And so it's, it is a gift. Yes. And
0: I love that you're talking about rest collectively as a family, which some of our listeners mm. are single. So, you know, I, yes. I think as the single people or the married people, just to sit down and to think through like, what? Does rest look like? Am I practicing a contrast for the sake of remembering and resting in mm. the finishing work of Christ? Like yep. because we are doing that as we go. We are like in a state of rest as we're walk going throughout our day, but I do think those special times that we set aside are are incredibly helpful. So I'm personally going to get off this call and just think about what will this look like to kind of create this rhythm or, or to help to maintain prioritizing it like throughout the week and then even throughout the year as a family together with Brooks. So mm-hmm. that's really encouraging. Yeah. What other resources would you recommend for somebody who's wanting to grow um, just in their practice of the discipline of rest?
1: Yep, I've got three. The first one is this song I just recently heard and I don't know if a song sounds much like a resource, but I just oh, loved yeah, it. it is. And it's a song by Andrew Peterson and it's called God Rested.
0: Mm. I- I'm not
1: going to be able to explain it because I'll just, I'll just torture it, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so thought provoking. And I really do think it will be helpful. And as you're processing through rest, just to listen to this song, it's Yay. very rich. It's really good. I'm adding
0: good. it to the Journeywoman Jan's playlist for anybody yes. who's on there. There we go. <laughs> good. That'll be the last um, song.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. That'll be perfect. Yes. And then the next is a book by Kevin DeYoung and it's mm. called Crazy Busy. Yes.
0: Um, I love that. I think book. I've heard
1: someone else recommend this on your podcast, but yes, it's this helpful, short, mm-hmm. not boring, <laughs> No, it's really nonfiction funny. book. Yes. And so it's very approachable and I just think it's helpful to kind of help evaluate mm-hmm. yourself, figure out where you're kind of spinning your wheels in unhelpful totally. ways, and yeah, it's a great. I need it's to a great dust read. that
0: bad boy off. That's definitely a. I don't know if it's an annual read, but it would it would behoove someone to read it annually. I think.
1: Yes, I have thought that myself. I need to read it again. But the first when I did read it the first time, I remember thinking, "This is so good." So yeah, that's a. Can great Can you
0: imagine one. reading it as my personality type? Whoa!
1: <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. And then my third recommendation, and I'm not going to apologize for it, but it's the Bible. Yes. Um, It's just, if you want to grow in your understanding of rest, not the way our culture understands it, not the way our sinful flesh is inclined to conceive of it, and certainly not the way Satan would want you to think about it. We've just got to dig in and read a little bit on rest. Do Mm -hmm. a word search on rest or the Sabbath. Totally.
0: I was just thinking your, that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Ask your pastor. Ask other trusted Christians if you need help sorting through some of it, because it can feel a little confusing at times. And mm-hmm. you might wonder, like, am I required to strictly keep a 24-hour day of rest, or mm-hmm. is that over? And, you know, I don't think we are required to do that, but there are some Christians who do, and mm-hmm. and so... Talk to your pastor and yes. or, or a trusted friend and bring the scriptures that you're struggling yeah. with to them and, and just dig in.
0: Absolutely. I like the idea of doing it kind of in a systematic sense. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of our listeners right now are reading through the Bible, which is so encouraging, some for the first time ever. So that would yeah. be one great thing just to take a certain colored pencil or whatever and go through and highlight when you see Russ throughout the whole uh, fabric of scripture. That would be really encouraging, I think, to do. Yeah.
1: Super helpful. Yep. That would be great.
0: Cool. You know, when I started this podcast, I initially was like, okay, we could do resources, kind of like link everything to Amazon. And one of my favorite things is that that has just debunked that whole thought process is that a lot of the things that are recommended on the show are like essential to the Christian faith, like the Bible, Mm, community, like prayer. And I'm like, (laughs) you know what? This is the best thing that could have ever happened. I wasn't expecting that, but I should have. So thank you. I I love how it always comes back to scripture um, because Mm -hmm. it does. And that's one of my simple joys, but I'd love to hear three of yours, Abigail.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, again, my answers are pretty boring in the sense of they're... It's a simple joy. That's that's another thing
0: I thought. It's like a simple joy is just like, it's simple. And that's one of the beautiful things about it.
1: Yes. So the first one is my family. And mm-hmm. so when I first thought about what I was going to say, I thought, "Oh, I'm going to say having a teenager and having preteens because I've really enjoyed this stage of having a teenager and preteens."
0: Cuz you think about yourself as a teenager and you think, "Oh no." <laughs>
1: right. I know. I know.
0: <laughs> you probably weren't that way.
1: But well, no, I was yeah, I, I'm uh, yeah, I don't even like to think back.
0: I am so encouraged to hear that. I've heard that twice in the last week and that just makes me really excited.
1: Yeah, it is delightful. I mean, but then when I thought about mentioning my teenager and preteens, I thought, well, you know, my elementary age
0: Mm. kids
1: are so delightful, too. And the four year old's pretty awesome. So maybe I should just mention all of them. And then I thought, well, why am I leaving out Tom? He's the best. (laughs) So I'll just say my whole family. I think when all the kids were little and you might be able to relate to this, being a mom felt isolating to me.
0: Yeah, because of all the nap times and all the yes. the things that pull you back towards the home just for a sense of, like, rhythm.
1: Yes. But as the kids have grown, all of a sudden you've got this Christian community right under your roof all the That's time.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it is cool. It's really cool. It's all within your family. And so it's neat to have this span of ages, too, from 14 down to 4 and just— yeah get to see this range of stages it's really breathtaking oh i just want to come hang out in your house yeah it's it is fun sometimes i really can't catch my breath but it's (laughs) it is really really glorious
0: oh that's wonderful all right so what else
1: The next I would say is baking. Um, If you follow my Insta, you'll probably get to see some annoying pictures of bread because I really do love to bake.
0: It's gorgeous too. I
1: bake a lot of wild yeast bread. That's just the fancy way of saying sourdough. But people are intimidated by baking. And so I try not to post on it too much as if it's like some virtuous thing because it's just (laughs) not. It's just for me, it's just a fun thing that's like a tasty therapy. So
0: it's amazing. I don't know how you get those little designs on the top of it's, the bread. It
1: it sounds like it's hard or it looks hard, but it's so easy. You just take a razor blade and it's just a thing. That's and impressive. I didn't invent that. Like I just saw that people do that and tried it and it, it's cool. Um, it's amazing.
0: It's so, gorgeous. It's it looks like anthropology bread. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. But so baking, I do love, love, love to bake. And then the third one is... I'm enjoying the changing of seasons. I'm in Minnesota, Mm. and so there's still snow on the ground, but it's slowly melting. And for me, it's really the change from knitting season to gardening season. I knit in the winter, and I garden in the spring and summer. And I just love the anticipation of, like, the ground is going to be soft enough to dig into.
0: (laughs) You are my kindred heart of who I always want to be. I always want to be type B. And I want to be chill, I want to garden, and I want to bake bread. And I do none of those things.
1: (laughs) You know, I didn't do any of those things at your stage either. They've all been later. So there's hope. If you are hoping to get there, you just know that... That it is, all happens in time. I think
0: I'd rather just be friends with you, Abigail.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, you just come up and visit and I'll I'll give you a little garden tour or something. Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> I'll I'll reap the benefits of your baking bread. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, that's so wonderful. Well, my favorite thing to ask every guest on the show just cuz the people, you know, that come on the show are truly people who have impacted my own journey with Jesus, and it's just so cool mm-hmm. to see how God uses the body to just encourage us and to help us grow up in godliness and Mm -hmm. i'd love to hear from you who it is that's had the greatest impact on your journey with jesus
1: yes i'm going to answer this in a true way but it isn't the only way i could answer it which is uh, there's many people Mm -hmm. i could answer this question with but i'm just going to pick one group and i'm going to say our small groups at church Mm. so our small group uh that we were in, uh, we aren't in that particular one now, but we started leading small groups from the very beginning of our marriage. Hmm. And the second one we started after we had one move was about 10 or 11 years ago. And my husband and I hosted it and we led it. And yet I think I learned and gleaned the most out of that group. I needed, I needed it. Um, I thought that we were sort of reaching out to minister to others, but really, God was giving me a giant gift, and I was ministered so profoundly by those people in that group, and it was mainly because I got to see these families' inner workings close up, and I got to ask them questions about how they were doing, what they were doing. Um, it all seemed amazing to me. They were great parents, and they were loving their kids well, and and they were working and ministering and having healthy marriages. And so I got to see that and just glean from it. And we got to pray together and walk through some really hard things and some really joyful things. But that was incredibly influential for me at a time when we had a few really tiny kids. And Mm. it was just a pivotal Mm
0: -hmm. time
1: um, in kind of getting our course set for for parenting and other things. So I'm always so thankful for that um, group that we were able to be in.
0: What a beautiful thing. Life together under the word of God. My favorite,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: probably favorite experience on this side of heaven. Abigail, thank you so much just for welcoming us in to get a glimpse of what your life is like over this last hour. It's just such a blessing to get to see how you follow Jesus. And on behalf of all the Journey Women listeners, thank you for helping us rest.
1: Mm. Thank you for having me. What a a gift to get to do this. I really appreciate it.
0: Man, I hope that you guys found this conversation with Abigail as helpful as I did. I've been thinking about the fact that rest is something that's set apart ever since we chatted weeks ago. As always, you can find the links and everything that we talked about on our website, journeywomenpodcast.com listed under the show notes. To continue discussing the topic of rest with us throughout the week, find us over on Instagram or Facebook at journey women Podcast or on Twitter at journey women Pod. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would absolutely love it if you'd leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you guys so much if you've done it already. If you haven't, it really takes like three minutes of your time and it helps get our podcast on the radar of other women who are also on their journeys to glorify God. Thank you guys so much for allowing us to journey alongside you. We can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.